Since October, we have waited for this moment. This is the sound of PNC Arena as the Carolina Hurricanes take the ice for the first time in the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. This is just one part of the journey. We'll get to it. But they have completed one of 16 steps to reach the pinnacle of professional hockey. As we start getting through more and more games, it's going to be stressful. We're going to pick and choose things to care about. But remember this feeling, this sound, the excitement that anything is possible. Let's get into it. Roll the thing. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage, with historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes. This is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. We are post-game, following every game of the playoffs, including this first game of the first round against the New York Islanders. I'm your host, Colin. Follow me on Twitter, at Colin Home Ice. But without further ado, let's get into it. This game was actually a lot of what we expected, right? We expected a close game. If anything, you're more surprised that three goals were scored in total than that it was a one-goal game. We will get to who scored all of those goals in just a little bit, but I want to talk about the vibe of this game, because it was definitely a playoff game, don't get me wrong, and the hits show it. Carolina had 39 hits, the Islanders had 44. Guys, that's insane. There were 73 hits thrown, I shouldn't even say thrown, but recorded in this game. That is a playoff game. There was takeaways galore, there was block shots galore, it was a playoff game. But what felt weird about it was there seemed to be a whistle like every four seconds. And that, you know, puck over glass or out of play, maybe an icing here or there, those are normal and there's nothing you can do about it. But there was eight penalties called in this game. And a playoff game. (laughs) I don't, in case you don't know, but I'm sure you do, that's not how it's supposed to happen. In fact, if you look at the Boston Panthers game that happened simultaneously, started 30 minutes after us, actually finished right before this game did. By the way, it started after us, but it finished before us. That's because they only had four penalties called in the entirety of those 60 minutes of game action, while we had eight. And penalties slow down game action. That's why they really don't get called in the playoffs. You don't want to affect a game like that and change its momentum constantly. These officials had nothing against doing that, I guess. I'm not complaining. I mean, I am a little bit, but like, no one should lose their job. But uh, maybe remember it's the playoffs? Because like, some of those calls were soft, and including the one on Nason, or I, I should say the one that Nason drew, rather. But... I don't know, just a weird vibe of this game. 
Uh, another interesting part of the, I guess, power plays that were awarded on each side is Carolina's power play uh, was effective. In fact, they were effective twice. In fact, the only goals Carolina scored in this game for their own team was on the man advantage. And it started with Sebastian Ajo. And the Hurricanes load up the power play on a one-timer. They score! Sebastian Ajo gives Carolina the lead here in the first. I kid you not when I say that clip you just heard, that 10-second clip, played longer than what it took Sebastian Ajo to score that goal. He immediately, after winning the faceoff, I should say, immediately goes to the front of the net. And you know, I tell you what, that's what you need in the playoffs. And going into the second period, there was a soft call that gave um, the Islanders, excuse me, a power play on fresh ice, which is never what you want. And again, we're not going to get into are officials terrible or not, because of course they are. <laughs> not, uh, not, not the point. You guys have to not let me rant like this. But uh, Brady Shea, who had a complete off night, was called for interference. I don't know. He never left his lane. Yeah, I guess he put his hands up. The guy didn't have the puck. Let of the law shit. But I, I wouldn't have called it in all my experience. So either way, and honestly, going into the second period, uh, up one nothing, Carolina, and on the penalty kill is is kind of right where the Hurricanes want to be. I know how weird that sounds, but this was always, 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 always going to be a close game. Forever. It was going to be a close game. We talked about this last episode. These two teams are defensive juggernauts. This was always going to be a close game. But Carolina kills off the penalty because... That's what they do. And then, uh, how do I phrase this? A, let's say, brouhaha starts in front of the net when Nason, I mean, has a, a perfect open net. There definitely wasn't a slash, but it would literally be called a slashing that caused him not to be able to bury it. And the goal horn goes off. I'm watching. I think it's a goal. And it obviously isn't when you watch the replay. But... Again, there was a penalty called in the play, which there shouldn't have been, but as a Hurricanes fan, I guess I'll take it. And then Nason scores on the power play, thanks to a shot from the point off of Brent Bourne's twig. Back toward the line for Ajo. They play catch. Jarvis at the half wall at the edge of the circle near the hash marks to the goal line for Nason and back to Jarvis. Burns slides it for Natchez. Drops for Burns, a drive, score! Second power play goal for Carolina, and the lead is two. What you don't hear there is that Nason tips it in front of the net, which allows it to go in, Nason goal. But the second time on the power play, yeah, I don't know what it was, but Carolina's forced two power plays, actually I do, is that the Islanders had defensive breakdowns, allowing Brent Burns to have all the time and space, and he, you know, does this for a living, so he converted those opportunities. And, you know, tongue-in-cheekly, Carolina is phenomenal on the man advantage in the postseason. Now, the next segment, I don't even have a clip for this one, because it's just upsetting. Um, it's 
about 30 seconds later, Auntie Ranta played an incredible game. And I'll talk about this a little bit more at the end. Auntie Ranta played an incredible game. But a nothing shot from Pollock, I don't know, I want to say just above the right face-off circle, just tips off his stick and goes straight into the net for an own goal. And that one's just... Should that goal have gone in? No. Does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? Absolutely not. But what I will say here is I will not give Pollock credit for that goal. Every single goal tonight was scored by the Carolina Hurricanes. It just so happens that the third goal was scored by Auntie Ranta on his own net. It happens. A few more penalties get called. There's some more brouhaha's. But ultimately, Game 1 ends 2-1. Carolina takes a series lead 1-0 with Game 2 Wednesday night at PNC Arena. So far, so good for Carolina, because ultimately, these first two games, they mean nothing to the away team, realistically. They, the away team has no pressure here. Everyone knows the old saying that a series doesn't start until a team wins on the road. So if the Islanders don't win these first two games, it's fine. They can just go win the two games on Long Island and come back, right? Like, that's, that's going to be their mindset. All the pressure is on Carolina in these first two games. You can't drop either of them, or all of a sudden, you could give... The Islanders, a 3-1 series lead. It's possible. Nothing's impossible here. So ultimately, tomorrow not tomorrow's game, Wednesday's game, uh, is still very important and still a must-win game. But as always, every goal is more important. Every shift is more important. Every period is more important. And every game is a must-win game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But enough of me just babbling into the ether. Let's go ahead and head downstairs and hear from the head coach and his players. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Yo, Brindy, so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about who you're going to start at net, and your decision was seen as controversial. Uh, how you feel about starting rants? <laughs> well, he played great. He played great. I mean, so did the other guy. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, they made some saves there that could have put the game away for us. And then the Rants held us in, too, at times, especially there's two in the third right away. Um, so, good. I mean, that game pretty much went how we, you know, thought it would. They made great saves. We had good saves. I think both teams are going pretty hard. Okay, but what about this power play that all of a sudden just figured itself out? Is it all confidence? Well, that's a lot of it, for sure. Um there's a lot of other things that he's leaving out, but, uh, you know, the execution, right? I mean, the first one, we had good execution. I mean, we've been doing that all year, but that's the first time it hit, <laughs> right? But it's just, you know, it, the passes were great, the draw, was, it, it just, the things just kind of worked out. They did the exact same play, the very next power play for theirs, and almost hit it. So we got the, the we were fortunate today to get it. To be clear, if I ever asked a question to Brynamore like that, I would be laughed out of the room. <laughs> that's not... Highly edited podcast here. Uh, but next we're going to transition to one Auntie Ranta, who was named fourth star of the game in the building. And, you know, we'll hear what he thought about being a net against a team that plays incredibly similar to Carolina. Yeah, you, you know, they, they well, uh, <laughs> uh, they, uh, 
they play kind of similar game to us. Like they they love to shot the puck from the points. So uh, you know you just try to see the release and and react for that. And and you know couple couple shots were what I couldn't see, but I, our guys were blocking those. And and you know I think in the first period I got a couple of good saves to kind of get you back, get you into the game. And and you know it, it was kind of. Fun to play these games again, you know, just uh, super excited and, and, you know, getting that home crowd going, you know, it just gives you the, gives you the energy and, and, you know, I think most of, most of the time we, we played really, really well in, in front of the net, so, you know, I just needed to make the first save and our guys were helping me a lot. How important is it to start a series off 1-0 and how would you carry this going through the rest of the series? Yeah, obviously you always wanna wanna start with the win, and you know I think we we came we came ready to play, and and you know it's it's gonna be like that this the whole series. You know it's two hardworking teams, and and you know like like we saw the the power play came through, and and they won the game to us for us. So uh, yeah, you know tomorrow is a recovery day, and and then we go again. So you know I think everybody's feeling good, but you know. Everything starts with the zero zero again on Wednesday. Now we're going to switch over to Martin Natchez. I want to hear from Martin. What was different about the power play? Why was it so effective tonight compared to the previous eighty-two games this season? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we won the face-offs and you know started with the puck, which is huge, and uh, then just you know. Uh, you know, Pag didn't, start, didn't stay on our sticks too long. We made a made a good place. Uh, you know, it's uh, all about confidence. You know, you get a couple of touches on a on a power play, and you're like guys that are supposed to play with the puck more. Uh, you know, get the feeling, and then you know you feel even five five better. So uh, yeah, it was a good movement on the power play. You know, obviously huge. We got uh, two goals in the paper today, and uh, we just gotta dial in and uh, keep going that keep going that way. Before I end today's episode, I want to do two things. One, I want to praise Stefan Nason for this first game. Uh, first, yeah, he got the goal, and he got the almost goal, which drew the penalty, which then gave him the opportunity to score the real one. Yeah, that's all cool. But he also had more takeaways this game than anyone else in the eyes not named Jacob Slavin, which is impressive. He also led the team in hits with six. Now, Seth Jarvis was right below him at five, but Seth Jarvis isn't afraid of anything, even though he's the size of a small child. Um, I shouldn't say that. He's a grown man. He's just small in NHL terms because he's young. Anyways, I don't think you could sing Stefan Nason's praises enough. So, first star of the game for me, Stefan Nason. What an incredible game. And for no other reason than he's probably not going to do this a lot, and I want him to have that experience. Number two, Brenta Barnes, who just an incredible game from Barnes. He got assists on both goals. Uh, I mean, at first, it looked like that first goal was his, and he was just all around everywhere tonight. Just, I know I I had doubts at the beginning that he was going to be able to fit with Jacob Slavin because didn't. He, he was struggling. He was struggling, and I decided to double down on his struggle rather than thinking he could walk through it as an NHL veteran that he is. And I apologize. Number three is Martin Natchez. Just for his two assists tonight. That's basically what got it to him. Um, 
And then Auntie Ranta gets held off my personal podium because of the own goal. Now, is that something that you should really hold against him? No. In fact, I got someone DM'd me to say, it was like, oh, you're being too hard on Ranta. He played a great game. It's, it's not what I'm saying, but he did allow an own goal, and that sucks. And I'm going to hold him against that because high standards. Now, I will not say that Freddie Anderson should start game two, and anyone, and I mean absolutely anyone, who's telling you there was a chance that Freddie Anderson will start game two has not been paying attention. Rod Brindamore said it. If you listen to the last episode, you know. He knows who he wanted to run with. It was Auntie Ranta. Auntie Ranta got the start, and Auntie Ranta will play until Auntie Ranta can't. Until he's either injured, knock on wood, or he has a couple bad games. But until then, which he has obviously not done so far, Auntie Ranta is the starter. If I'm going to be honest, the real debate here is who's the backup between Kochekov and Freddie Anderson. Because Kochekov did get called back from the American League now that the Wolves' season is officially over. I've seen a ton of local Canes media, the national media, be like, well, Rod loves to switch back and forth between goalies, which is very true. That is what he does. But it's not what he has done in the playoffs. And again, we have tape. Let's play the tape. (laughs) Do you expect that we would see both guys in the first round regardless? Um, Like I said, I don't want to say yes because it might not happen. As a matter of fact, I hope it doesn't happen. Auntie Ranta has not given Rod Brindamore a reason not to start him game two. Rod Brindamore does not want to change his goalies unless something has caused him to do such a thing. So, one plus one equals Auntie Ranta starts game two. As always, thank you for listening to Home Ice Advantage. Please share these playoff episodes with your friends. Let them hear what was happening in the room. All of my dumb jokes, let them make fun of me. That's what I'm here for. Again, there will be a new episode following every playoff game. Follow me on Twitter at Colin Home Ice. Live tweet during the game. Sometimes send other random stuff out. I'm a good follow, trust me. All the homies follow. Until Wednesday, go Canes.